It's raining today and the temperature is falling. It feels a lot like winter. And I guess this is the time when we begin thinking about seasonal affective disorder. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of January 17, 2013. You know, we've had a, a series of really gloomy days here, and um, just, I've noticed that I like to sleep in a little bit later than usual, and I don't feel that I have as much energy as usual. Um, I talked to my mother last night, who said she, during a, a gloomy day, she didn't feel much like doing what she normally does, um, and it just made me think, there's something about the way the weather, and the especially the, the, level, the light level out there, that um, affects my view of the world and my energy level uh and and we do we've been taught to label that seasonal affective disorder or sad but i guess because we feel sad (laughs) and we have responded to all of this as we do to most any question we have these days by going to the internet and finding out more about it and in the process of researching it we've begun to look at this whole question of seasonal affective disorder a little differently, and that's why it shows up in quotes in the title of the podcast. First, let us confess, we don't have any answers. What we have are questions. And I guess the other confession we need to make is that we're not doctors, we're not nurses, we're not researchers, we don't have any particular expertise to be saying the things we're about to share with you other than our anecdotal observation as farmers. Yes, and the and part of the reason we wanted to talk about this today, I think, is um, the contrast with the way this affects me living on a farm and having an agrarian lifestyle versus living in the city. Exactly, and that's, that's probably the meat of what we had to share today. Um, here we are in the dead of winter. It's the middle of January here in central Alabama. And here in the northern hemisphere, that means the sun comes up much later and, um, and falls much earlier in, in the uh, evening. And so the days are shorter and the, and the nights are longer. And as you've already observed, basically we find ourselves getting up a little more slowly in the morning. Mm-hmm. And in particular, burrowing in earlier in the evening. That doesn't mean we're going to bed earlier, but it does mean we feel like it's time for us to retreat to our little home here. Right, and I really don't even like to get out much in the evening. Um, of course, you can't. You don't like getting out much in the summertime either. But <laughs> Except that I have a lot longer to stay outside in the summertime. Outside which on we Veg can Hill, talk about. Yes. yes, which we can talk about. And but, of course, when the summertime comes, as you've already noted, we're going to be up earlier. I get up earlier, and I'm outside earlier. You are out much later out on Veg Hill, and many is the day, the night, I guess, when I am calling into the night, literally. Honey, it's dark. Come on in. But you have this 
up boundless energy to work late in the day in the summertime. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, it's warmer, too, and all of that. And I'd rather work after the sun's gone down anyway when it's hot. And that's part of it. But it really, there is something psychological about it um, and made us think about uh, humans' interaction with the environment. Um, that's yeah, why when, we when say... When we lived in the city, we basically defied that. You know, we basically got up at the same time all all year long, went to bed at the same time all year long, came home the same time all year long, uh, basically didn't pay much attention to this. It's only after we've become farmers that we're actually allowing it to change our schedule. And if we were traditional farmers or, you know, if we had cattle or cows to milk, it could be our schedule wouldn't change as much either because that the cow would need milking at whatever time it needed milking, you know, even if it's before. Yeah, I'm not I'm smart re- enough to say whether cows are affected by this or, or just people. But but the point is, we, we do, since I'm growing vegetables, and the vegetables don't care what time I come out there, um, you know, I, I'm responding to when my body feels like going out there. So that is one thing that made me interested in this subject, um, how we're affected by seasonal affective disorder. As you said earlier, we put it in quotes, is it a disorder or is it some sort of adaptive mechanism, perhaps, that we is humans it, have? Is it just a very normal, healthy response to longer days and shorter nights on the one hand and longer nights and shorter days on the other? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm beginning to wonder whether the only part of it that's a disorder is our trying to defy it. Yes. Well, we know that plants respond to the length of the day certainly, um, in terms of their growing cycles. and I mean, it's not just about the temperature. A lot of it's about the light and the length of the day and the length of the night. So I agree. Um, it, and they are, we're living organisms just as they are. So why would we be any less affected by it? That's right. So I guess the 50 cent question that we raise in today's podcast, which, and it looks as if it's going to end up being a shorter podcast, but that's okay, is, is it possible that it's entirely healthy to have more energy when the days are long and less energy when the days are short? And that we make up for it with the next season. You know, if you if you have a sleep deficit because you stayed up so late during the summertime, you make it up in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that very well could be. And again, um, as many anybody who's in the uh, growing business knows is that this is sort of the downtime. But boy, when those when it's growing season, you're hustling and bustling every minute to get um, plants. Well, s- starting with what we got to do first, which is You've got to start your plants from seed. You've got to put the, or if you're going to direct sow the seeds, you're out there in the early spring getting those seeds in the ground. And then before the, and then you're mulching and then you're, you know, making sure you keep everything watered and you're fertilizing and, or putting compost around. You're, there's always something. And of course, then you get halfway into the summer, it's time to start harvesting and you get into the late summer and it's time to harvest a lot, you hope. And so it's just an endless um, cycle, or it's an endless series of tasks that have to be performed, and you got to get it done while the sun's still up. And 
to contrast that with what we have here during the winter, everything moves more slowly in the winter. You know, the plants grow more slowly, the weeds grow more slowly, the pests are operating in a less intense manner. And as a result, our human labor is not needed to the extent during the wintertime that it is during the summer. Yeah. So it, it really makes some sense when we put it in this um, perspective that we have energy to do what we need to do. And, of course, what we like to do with our excess energy is go around and walk around the property, uh, walk great. our trails. Yeah. This is our walking season. Which we don't get to do so much when... We're busy. Not while the farmer in chief is <laughs> busy on Veg Hill, we don't. Um, okay, so we're going to finish with a couple of, okay, let's take it to the next level kind of questions. The first question I have for you is, would this be even more pronounced if we did not have a reliable 24-7 electrical grid? You know, when you and I burrow in, as we say, we burrow in and we turn on the lamp and we cook supper using our appliances, and we watch television and listen to music, and all of that takes electricity. So if we yeah. didn't have electricity, would we just go to bed? Right, or read by candlelight. And of course, if I, when I, I've like, lately, I've gotten to the point that if I sit and read in bed, I'm asleep within five minutes anyway, so that's probably a moot point. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good question that I can't answer. I think the the only thing we can do is look to history, uh, that is, in or civilizations that don't have a power grid. I do. I have one anecdote to share. I went to Peru to a little village that did not have electricity. About, gosh, it's probably been eight years now or so ago, and. We, we just made sure that we, we were, it was a day trip to this little village, and I was with a bunch of, um, I would say tourists, we were academics who were there sort of on a junket, but um, we made sure that our little tour bus left that village before it got dark, partly so we could see how to get out, um, no, ro no lights along the road either, you know, and they were dirt roads, but um, I don't. I would have loved to have seen what those people did. Yeah, that'd be fascinating, wouldn't it, to see what their life is like after dark. I know they were having a cockfight when we left. By candlelight. No, no, or? it was just getting it was getting darker. But it was they uh, they were having a cockfight, and that they were gearing up for the evening. So I have a feeling they had a way to keep the entertainment going for those who wanted to participate. Um, well, that's your homework assignment. You need to find out. And, what and people like that. By do the way, do the, not hear me as as saying that I or in any way that statement approving of cockfighting because I do not. Yeah, you're just making a cultural. But I'm making a cultural observation. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to be that it was mostly the men, and they were. It was their well, in fact, it was all men, and they were gambling on it, betting, and it was a uh, uh, their entertainment. That, as I said, as we departed, it didn't seem to be dying down. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but again, they've, they have made an adaptation to not having electricity. On the other hand, they are probably second and third generation immigrants from the outskirts of Lima where they, ha you know, the city. So, yeah. um, we just don't, it, it, it remains without an answer, but that's as close as I've ever come to experiencing that, 
um, or something that might give me an answer to your question. Okay, so I have one last question for you, and then we'll call the podcast today. How would this be different if you and I didn't live in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere? We lived in, say, Ecuador, right on the equator, and every day and every night was the same length all year long. And you're asking how it would be different in terms of, would we be bored? Is that what you're thinking? Would, would our normal reaction of the seasonality be, I assume, suppressed? And I, I think the answer is yes. Well, they still, I've actually been to Ecuador. I know, I'm you're, to sound, a, you're an authority I'm beginning to sound like some sort of Latin American traveler, and I, I'm naming the two countries I've actually visited, Peru and Ecuador. But And you're much more familiar with Ecuador. I am. I stayed there for two weeks. Um, and it was at the time of year that, which was late May, early June, that our days were beginning to get fairly long. And um, it was kind of striking to me how oh, it's already dark, you know. Um, but the sun came up at six and it went down at six. I mean, it was a very even uh, keel. The, the, the temperatures change. They have a rainy season. They have a dry season. I mean, there are seasonal differences, but um, the the length of the day, yeah, would not affect your mood. Um, would not. I wouldn't think. I mean, it'd be pretty much the same. That's that's my theory. And that makes sense to me too. Yeah. So that's our theory, and if you know better, then you're just going to have to tell us so. Please let us know, yes, because, well, and, and like I said, I was only halfway joking about saying, would it be boring? Um, just as you were looking at a forecast for Los Angeles next week when it's all sunny and beautiful for the ent entire time and in the 70s, and you said, how boring. Of course, I'm about to travel there, and I'm looking forward to being bored. <laughs> Smite me with that boredom. But um, is there something about humans that, um, craves variety in the seasons. Oh, I certainly think that, well, I don't know. I, I suppose if you had delightful food all year round and, um, well, no, you would always crave variety. I think it's a human characteristic that we prefer variety. We don't want to eat the same thing every day. So I, I, maybe because I'm a native of the northern hemisphere i've grown accustomed to expecting the waxing and waning of the seasons the you know the the days to to lengthen and to shorten and to have that natural rhythm and i think if i lived in ecuador all the time i would miss that i bet you would and perhaps if you were a native of ecuador and you had grown up there and had formed your habits there and you traveled to an area where there were more pronounced seasons, like, say, Canada, you might be dumbfounded, bewildered by those changes in the seasons. We don't know. We don't know, and it, 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 you would adapt probably, but the point is um, whatever you grew up experiencing is probably what you'd prefer, I'm guessing. Maybe that's why I'm saying That'd be my guess. I like my short days and I like my long days, but I am looking forward to having the days get longer and longer and longer. I should I should end on that note to say that um, I've always told you I like long days. Summer solstice is my very favorite. <laughs> and a week from now, the days will be a little bit longer. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Um, in fact, 
the shadows are forming, so <laughs> it's getting dark. We wish you all a good week and look forward to visiting with you next time. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.